how fast summer is going by. We talked about it at the, uh, at the announcements there, but it is just flying by. Here we are in the middle of August, and it's been a beautiful summer, hasn't it? We are so grateful. You realize that you live in, like, the most beautiful place, hey? Ocean, ocean, we got Crescent Beach, we got White Rock Beach. I'm like, it just is never lost for me. I'm like, thank you, Lord, for where we live. Um, it's like we are permanently in a vacation spot all the time. <laughs> We get to go to church here. Awesome. Well, I have the honor to continue our series in James. If you are new here today, we have been going through the book of James and just verses by verses, and just, it has been so good. It is, we are calling it Faith in Motion, and what does it look like to have our faith active and our relationship with the Lord? What does that look like? We've been asking the question, what is the evidence of faith in your life, and it has been so, so good. I love doing book studies, and I would encourage you, I know that we're almost, like I just highlighted, almost through summer, but there are three more Sundays left of this um, sermon series, and if you have not taken your Bible and picked it up and read it during the week into James, reading through James, I would encourage you to do that, because it will just get, you'll get more fed on this, and then on Sunday you come and you get the teaching, and it just will give you more. It's like you're getting a good meal because we want to grow in our faith. Amen? We want to grow and we want to learn. And this word of God in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, and that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. This word is life. It is, in Hebrews 4.12, it said it's living and active, all right? Sharper than any two-edged sword. That is our word of God. It has power to heal, power to, to, to speak into your life. And so I would encourage you, church, to pick up the book of James during the week and read it for yourself. It's only five chapters long, so you're not behind. You could still keep reading it over and over for the last three weeks of summer here, and you would be able to get, there's just so much truth and good, and I want more. I want more. So let's get into his word, not just here on Sunday mornings, but also during the week at home. Amen? Amen. All right, well, I just want to pray before we get started. Today, we're looking at James 3, 1 to 12, and we're going to be um, learning about the power of our words. So it's going to be good, and it's going to be challenging and convicting, and I pray that it draws us closer to the Lord and to desiring to work, just not work harder, to desiring to live more in line of the way he wants us to live. Lord Jesus, Father, I thank you, Father, for your word. I thank you that you have given us this, this book that teaches, and it, and it disciplines, and it challenges, and it inspires, and it shows us your love for us, Lord God. I am so grateful for the word of God. Lord Jesus, today, as we open it up, as we learn, as we dig in to James today, God, Father, I pray that you would speak. I pray that you would challenge in us. And Father, you don't come in guilt and condemnation. Your way is kindness and gentleness. It says that your kindness leads us to repentance. So today, Father, as we learn about the power of our words and how we use our words, Father, may you speak to each one of us, Father, here in this place and online, Father, and challenge us with the way that we use our words, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, we're going to get started. We're going to read James 3, 1 to 12. You can put it up there. My brethren, 
Let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Verse 3, indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. Verse 7, for every kind of beast and bird of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our God and Father, and with it, we curse men who have been made in the image of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives, or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh. The question today that I want to ask you is how do your words show evidence of faith in your life? How do your words show evidence of your faith, of your relationship with the Lord? How does that look in your life? Now, the first thing that can be very highlighted here in this passage is that James is telling us that words have power. They're power. There's, he talks, the description is that the tongue is set on fire by hell. It is an unruly evil. It's full of deadly poison. Those are very strong descriptive words for our tongue. Very, very descriptive. Proverbs 18, 21 says, the power of death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Words create worlds. That's a quote by Abraham Joshua Heschel. I don't know if I'm actually saying that right, but there we go. I don't know him, so. <laughs> but I've, know, I've heard this quote um, a lot before. Words create worlds. Your words, according to Proverbs, have the power of death and life. What you speak can bring negative criticism, fear, disillusionment, or on the opposite, it can bring life, peace, joy, just by the way that you use your words. That is very um, terrifying to me, <laughs> that my words have that much power, but it is the truth. And we all need to realize that and be reminded that these words just don't fly off. They will land, and they do mean something. And that quote, worlds create words, that isn't a Christian author that said that quote. But we know that there's truth in that, because in Genesis 1.1, what does it say? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth by his words, right? And God said, let there be light. And God said, let there be fish. And God said, and God said. It just keeps going and on and on like that in Genesis 1. Power of the word. The power of 
God's word, the power of your and my words. Words create worlds. Now, right away off the bat, James starts giving a warning to teachers. And I'm up here teaching. <laughs> and there's a lot of teachers in this room. School teachers, right? People that use their words to influence, to teach, right? To, um, to direct, to inform. You're using words to influence. And I even think, now I know he's actually talking about teachers. But even parents, moms and dads, grandparents, you use your words to teach those that God has given you, right? So therefore, this is a a warning, a caution to all of us that are using our words to teach. There'll be a greater judgment, right? And why, why does he use that? Because a teacher primarily uses words to do what he does, to do what she does, right? Words hold power. Do not take it lightly. He also uses a set of metaphors right after that, right? He talks about the bit in the horse's mouth. He talks about a rudder directing the ship talks about a little fire that sparks a huge fire. The power of a little thing, seemingly little, a bit in a mouth, a small rudder of a ship, but showing us the importance of how those little things have the power to control larger things, right? Whole horse can be controlled, a whole ship can be controlled by a little little um, rudder. So our tongue, little in comparison to this whole body, right? We don't even see it when our mouth is closed. But this tongue has the power to control all of our life and our thoughts, right? And those around us, which is scary, which is a, a, for us to take caution. Now, also, what I want you to understand is that this warning is not given to instill fear because I think right away we read that and we're like set on course by set on fire by hell poisonous evil like deadly poison like oh my word I am going to just shut my mouth actually you know you've probably said that to your kids at one point or the other if you've had little kids you're like shut your mouth if you have nothing nice to say don't say it at all I've done you know don't make me look bad <laughs> um but that is actually not the answer here, right? This is not to evoke fear in the reader, saying, oh, this is, it's all, it's, it's, to, it's written like this to instill a reverence, a reverence for the power that God has given us with the words that we speak. So I want you to look at that as we go through this, because this is challenging, this word, like how we use our words. That's a challenging message, but not that it would bring fear, like, in this world about me. No, 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 no. But there, knowing, knowing the power of those words and holding that with reverence, maybe it would cause us to stop and think before that we speak, right? That is always something very good to do. Slow down, pause. Oh, Lord Jesus, would you just hold my tongue for a minute before I judge, criticize, speak my opinion really quickly before I haven't said anything. My anger gets out. That's what this is. I want you to look at this as just not fear. Not, oh, I'm just going to zip my lips and not say anything. That way I won't get myself in trouble. No, no, no. Because death and life are in the power of the tongue. So I don't want to zip my lips because there's also life that God wants to spill out of your mouth, out of your words. Amen? So we don't want to just 
pull back in fear. That is not what God has intended. But be cautious. Be reverent with those words. Amen? Amen. Number two. So first of all, James is showing us that words are powerful. I think we get that message very clear, just right off the bat. Okay? There is power. Um, number two. Words reveal our heart. Words reveal your heart. Words are not simply powerful on their own. There is always something a little deeper. There really is. How many times have you been in a circle or been in a group and there's a little sarcastic joke or a little, you know, sarcastic comment, a little joke, and I'm just joking, I'm just joking, someone says, and you're like, are you though? <laughs> Where did that come from? Especially if it hits a little close, like there's a little bit of truth in there, and you're like, right? There is always a root. There is a root. Those words don't just hold power just by the word, right? There is something deeper. It's your heart, the state of your heart. And that words reveal the heart. We're told so many times to guard our heart. The word of God says, guard your heart. From it, from, from it flows the rivers of life. Guard your heart. Because those words are going to reveal what's there. In Luke 6, verse 45, Jesus says, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. He says the same thing in Matthew. There's the same account of this story in Matthew 12, verse 33 and 34. just says it a little different. Jesus says, Either make the tree good, and its fruit will be good. You'll see the evidence of good fruit coming from the tree, or else make the tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You just, it's going to come out. You can't hide it. You cannot hide it. It is going to come out. If there's bitterness, if there's resentment, if there's anger, it's going to stick out. Probably one of those little comments that I just talked about earlier. Joker. Oh, joking. I didn't really mean that. But actually, it's there. There's something touchy down there. Our words reveal what our hearts hide. Jackie Hill Perry. Our words are going to reveal what we thought we could hide in our heart. What we thought was maybe even taken care of. Right? Another thing, like, an outburst. You're like, oh, like, oh I, uh, I've got something to deal with here in my heart. It's always an indicator. Something is not right here. Number three, words need to be influenced by the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to continue to change our heart so that we speak his words. Now, this is where I really want to camp out for that. We need the Holy Spirit because on our own, in our humanness, oh my goodness, how many times a day do the wrong words slip out? Do the wrong thoughts, starts up here actually, and then they slip out, right? Things that were in my heart kind of spew out, judgment, criticism, like I know better, those kind of things. I need, you need the Holy Spirit to help, to guide, to instruct, to help us tame the tongue. We want our hearts to overflow with his goodness so we're speaking his words. James 3, verse 2, if we go back to our, our passage, it says, For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, 
he's able to bridle the whole body. So if anyone gets to that, <laughs> you'll be able to control your whole body if you're able to control your tongue. Perfect man. Now, Romans 3.23 talks about this too. He says, everyone has sinned. We all stumble. Romans 3.8, if we continue down, says, but no man can tame the tongue. No man, no woman, no child can tame the tongue except for God. Except for we know the King of kings, the Lord of lords. My best friend, my Savior can help. The Holy Spirit, my helper that Jesus said would come after he rose up. He says, the Holy Spirit, your helper, is here to help with that. On my own? Mm -mm. On your own? Mm -mm. You can try really hard, which is what we were taught last Sunday. You could try, 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 but that is exhausting. And it's not going to get us very far. It is not going to get us very far. But continually surrendering before the Lord and saying, Lord, would you just please, would you please work on my heart? Would you please put a, a bit on my mouth? Could you, could you please put a bit on my tongue so that I can control some of these words that I take a second before I want to spew and speak? Would you guide? Would you help me, Lord Jesus? I need you. I need your grace. I need your Holy Spirit. God, I need you. Again, it's just always the Bible, the scriptures are always calling us back to relationship with Jesus. All of this, all of this, all the stories in the Old Testament, all the teachings of Jesus, calling us back to relationship with Jesus. We need him. I need him. I cannot do this life without the Holy Spirit. I cannot do this on my own. You cannot do this on your own. You can try, but it's going to be exhausting. We want to receive eternal strength through transformation of our heart, which only the Holy Spirit can do, right? Transforming our heart so that we begin to speak words that are truth, so that we begin to speak words from the Word of God. Then we're starting to create worlds of truth in our own lives. Then we begin to create worlds of truth, the truth of God for those around us as well. Amen? Working Holy Spirit wants to work on us. He wants to work on our hearts. If we keep coming to him, if we keep running to him, he wants to work on us so that our words begin overflowing with the fruits of the Spirit, gentleness, kindness, self-control, patience, all the things that I desire in my life, that I desire in my words. That's what will begin to happen as we surrender, as we come to him. Don't try to do it on your own. So we've got three things. Your words are powerful. Your words reveal your heart. And we need the influence of the Holy Spirit for our words. Words need to be influenced by the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to turn it a little more practically. How do we do this in our day-to-day -day life? How do we actually tame the tongue with the help of the Holy Spirit? But how does that look practically? And, you know, I think Matt kind of like sneakily, because he can do that because he's my husband and he's also pastor, and so he knows we're doing a sermon series, and he knows what book it's going to be, and he knows what books I'm reading at home, so I actually, over the course of the last few months, I've been reading um, a book on, entitled The Power of Your Words by Robert Morris, really good book, because I picked it up because I'm like, I need this in my life, and so then Matt's like, guess what, I'm going to put you on the schedule for words for Inner James, I'm like, of course you are, because you know, 
And uh, he's like, yeah, you're going to be great on it because you're reading a book. And I'm like, yes. But you know what? I actually really love the opportunity because it is something that God is working in my life right now, working on. You know, you, you begin reading a book, great book written by a great pastor, and you're just feeling the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And then I get to study out of James on the power of your words, and the conviction is like, oh, yes. But I also love it because it's calling me higher. I don't want to just be sloppy with my words. I don't want to just let my words come out. I actually really want to work on this so that my words are speaking life, not death. Over my life, over the people that I am around, over my family, over my home, over the circumstances that I am in. And I want that for you too. That's what we want. So, so I'm kind of immersed in this message of the power of your words. And um, so that was helpful. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> and, uh, but how do we do this practically? How do your words, how do my words show evidence of our faith, of our relationship with Jesus? Faith in motion. Practically, number one, this is really important. This is the kind of thing that I'm really trying to work on in my life. Really, like minute by minute some days. Speak life to yourself don't listen to yourself. I want you to hear that. I want you to write that down. I want you to take a picture of that with your phone. Speak to yourself. Don't listen to yourself. Now, this is real. This is real, church. How many times are there thoughts in your head that are going on like, oh, I can't do this. Oh, I messed that up again. Oh, this is an impossible situation. And right, we're thinking it. And, we're th and then we let it kind of murmur out. We kind of grumble and complain. This I can't believe I got asked to do this. I am so tired of this job. I am so frustrated with this daughter. I, whatever it may be, right? Your mind is speaking, speaking to yourself. And guess what? Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Church, you and I, like I said, I am not mastering this, but I'm really working on it. Speak to yourself. Now, don't just say, oh, come on, you can do it, Tanya. You got this. You're such a good, you got this. No, 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 no. Speak the truth of the living word of God. That's what's going to transform your thinking. That's what's going to transform your heart. That's what's going to transform your words that are coming out. And all of a sudden, you're going to be like, oh, that's a, that was a positive word. I just spoke like, and how can you and I speak truth to ourselves? How can you and I speak? Speak life over our situations if we are not in the Word of God. So then this is a call again. I told you, the Word of God is always an invitation drawing us back. If I want to be able to speak truth to myself when the lies are coming in a lot louder, when the world, when people around me are coming in, the words are coming, how am I going to do it? It's not just a rah, rah, rah. Yay, you can do this. No, no. Greater is he that is in me than is he that is in the world. Right? I've got Jesus living in me. I speak truth. No, there is power of life in my words. So I'm going to speak life over that situation. Right? Out of the, you know, you just begin to say, trust in the Lord with all your heart, self. Do not lean on your own understanding. All your ways acknowledge him. Right? You begin to let the word of God rise up in you and speak it over your situation. Speak it over people in your life that need it. Speak it over that situation, that financial situation. Speak it over that child, right? Speak 
the truth of God. Do not listen to yourself because it's the enemy. It's the lies of the enemy. When it's negative, sorry. When there's negativity, when there's like condemnation, that guilt, that voice, speak truth. Fill your life with scriptures. It's a discipline. It's a discipline of getting into the word of God. And you know what? There's so many times in my life where the discipline of, you know, quiet time with the Lord, and, 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 and you've heard this, church, I know. There are times when God is just so alive and, like, things are popping out on the scriptures and you're getting revelations, and it's just like God is, like, spoken right to you for that day, and it's awesome. And there's many of those sweet, sweet times in the presence of God in the secret place. And there are equally as many times, days, seasons, long seasons where it's a daily discipline to get into the Word of God, to read His Word, and it feels like He's not there. It feels like He's not speaking. It doesn't feel like the Word is alive and active and sharper than a two-edged sword. But then you know what? Something you get into some situation a month later or down the road, and all of a sudden, you know what I find? That discipline, that practice that I have been sometimes rather sleep. Well, actually, full disclosure, I'm a morning person, so I love it. But anyway, some of you might be a real, it might be a real drudge. Um, but all of a sudden, the scriptures, something will come out. And I'm like, oh yeah, I read that. Yes. And I'll speak it, speak it, speak it. Not all the time, but when I remember, then I'll speak it. So I want to encourage you that that is where the word of God gets dug just gets deposited, deposited, deposited. It's going down. It's going down. And then I tell you, when you need it, it's going to be there, right? How many of you grew up in Sunday school and those verses that you learned in church as a little kid, they're there, right? They're there. They're there when you, in those times, and I am so grateful for my godly parents. I'm so grateful for the teachers that taught me in school. I went to Christian school. I'm so grateful for um, the teachers that taught me on Sunday mornings the word of God that got instilled in my heart because they come out. They leak out when I need it. And I'm so grateful. Get the word of God in you so that you can speak truth to yourself and do not listen to yourself. Amen? Amen. All right. Number two. Speak life over your situation and your circumstance. Same kind of thing that I was saying. And you have a choice when you're in a situation. Are you going to choose faith? Are you going to choose fear? Are you going to see things as the world is telling you it's going to be or as your God says it's going to be? Again, this is getting into your word of God and knowing his truth and speaking it out over the situation that's in front of you. Right? You choose faith perspective or the world's perspective. Robert Morris says, stop speaking death over your health, over your finances, your marriage, and your other relationships. Start allowing your mouth, start allowing your mouth, people of God, to line up with the word of God. Let your words speak what God has promised to you. Let the, your words speak out of the word of God. Amen? Truth, life. Come on, let's be people that speak truth. And, although the doctor might have said this, I see it, but I'm going to choose faith. I'm going to choose God's way. I'm going to choose that he is going to take, he says he, he takes care of me. He's got me under his wing. I'm going to sit under the shadow of, the mighty, of Almighty God, and I'm going to rest here while I wait. Amen? 
Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. Speak to yourself, church. When you're weary, when you're tired, when you do not see the answers, when you're frustrated, speak the truth of life over yourself. It's truth of the word of God over your situation, over your circumstance. And also, number three, speak life over others. That's a big one. Again, the power and the influence that your words hold. What we speak can change a life, can change someone's perspective. We have that power, which is terrifying, like I said at the beginning, but also if it's used well, the power of life is in your tongue. For those of you who are married, for your spouse, you can give life. Those of you who have children, your children speak life. Your grandchildren, your neighbor, your mom and dad, your best friends, those that are in your world, you have the power to change the course of how they're thinking, of what they're doing. You can speak life or death. Proverbs 12, 18 says, Some people make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise bring healing. Oh, that we would be people that our words would bring healing to those around us. That we would be a church that when people come in, they'd walk out the doors after and be like, the words that were spoken over me, the people that spoke truth and life over me, I feel strengthened. I feel renewed, healing in Jesus' name. Amen? Matthew 5, 22 says, but I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. But whoever says, you fool, shall be in the danger of hellfire. Again, another caution. That is an example of speaking negative, speaking anger, speaking out before thinking. And that has become quite... Um, normal thing, that's not the word I'm looking for, but in, since, since COVID, since everyone had an opinion and everyone felt that they could share it without restraint, without a filter, and social media, and online, all that has made it so much easier just to spew off, and whatever you think without a filter, and when people get angry, you can just say it out, so I'm even cautioning about that, the online Beware, be careful. Your words hold power. Here's an example of destruction. Don't like think. Ask the Holy Spirit to guard on your mouth. Just think. I know you have an opinion on what was said. And I know you might even be right or feel right. Or at least need to get your voice out there, get your opinion out there. But there can be done, it can be done in a loving way. And unfortunately, we've gotten very used to just and not caring about the other person on the other end. Right? So again, a caution. Jesus says, you fool. You shall be in danger of hellfire. Watch your words. There's power. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Proverbs 18.21. Remind yourself. Remind yourself. I have power to speak life over myself. Number one. I have power to speak life over my situation and my circumstance that I'm currently in. 
I have power to speak life over people in my world, people in my family, people at my job. But likewise, you could also speak death. Beware. Jesus, help us. Holy Spirit, help us to be a people that are so aware of the power of our words. Yes, Jesus. How do your words show evidence of your faith, of your relationship with the Lord in your day-to-day life? So those three things I want us to work at, to practice at. And continuing on in James 3, 9 to 12, it says, with it, with our tongue, we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the image of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Thus, no spring yields both salt, water, and fresh. Jackie Hill Perry asked this question. I was um, listening to a teaching on this. And she said this, and I'm telling you, church, this word, does my, do my words and my worship match? That has been sitting with me this week. It's like the only thing I got out of it. It was awesome teaching on this passage, but I was like, wow. Do my words and my worship match? Church, here's another caution. It's not okay. But how often do we do it because we are human and we are sinners and we fail? Remember, there's grace. But how many times do we come here on a Sunday morning, worship and adoration, heartfelt, real? I, I mean it. Of course we do. Loving and praising and worshiping our Savior and turn around on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and the words are flying just getting in a hot debate and just letting the words fly with a co-worker and just not even thinking. Just on a Tuesday, just like, ah, oh, just, you know, kind of walk apart, angry, get home on Wednesday and just like let it loose on your kids, let it loose on your spouse. Ugh. And then, oh, Thursday morning in the word of God, I love you, Lord Jesus. And you do. And it's true. And I know that. And we, because we are human, that's the back and forth. But what James is saying is that this ought not so we have responsibility, church, with our words. They are so powerful. With it, we bless our God and Savior. And with it, oftentimes, we're cursing our neighbor, cursing the situation we find in. Church, this ought not be so. It's not okay. It's not okay. Now, there is grace. Let's keep coming back to Jesus. Let's keep coming back to Jesus. Let's keep praying, Lord Jesus, would you please guard my tongue? Would you please help me to hold my tongue when it wants to go? When I want everyone to know my opinion, would you give me self-control? Luke 6.45, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Do your words and your worship match. Do my words and my worship match. Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. 
above all, above all, guard your heart. For everything we do flows from it. And especially your words. Remember, your words reveal what the heart hides. Guard your heart. What is in the abundance of your heart? Is it fear? Is it worry? Is it hopelessness? Is this the abundance that's going on? Is this what's going on in your heart? Judgment, criticism. Truth week, take a look. This week, take a wrestle with God in this. Lord, what is in my heart? Because soon enough, if not already, the words are going to follow of worry. By the way, I'm talking to myself here. What am I going to do? This is so stressful. Oh, I don't know if I can do this. What's in my heart? Oh, Jesus, I repent. I'm so sorry. Unbelief, fear, worry. I let it come again. I let it come. Instead of trusting in the Lord with all my heart and leaning, under, leaning not on my own understanding. So soul, soul, I will trust in the Lord. I'm going to change this right now. I am stressed, I am worried. That's a fact. But soul, you're going to trust in God because he knows beginning to the end. He is my Alpha and Omega. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He rules and reigns on high. Amen? And so he has got my back. He's got your back. So I'm going to turn this language. I'm going to turn this and speak truth. Amen? I'm going to speak truth. What is the abundance of my heart? Are your words showing evidence of your faith in Jesus? Are your words overflowing with his love, with his hope, with his peace? That is our prayer and our desire, that that is what would be spilling over. That is what would be coming out of us. I think Matt was saying to our staff at staff meeting this week that he had a, a hero, a mentor, and they, they always joked with him. He was uh, one of their intern directors, and that when you'd poke him, You'd poke him, scripture would just come out. It just oozed out of him. It just leaked out of him. Just scripture. Oh, I want that. Don't you want that? That instead of like, oh, what are we going to do now? Ah, God, this is what the doctor said. Look at what my kids are doing. Look at the bank account statement this month. Right? It's true and it's real. It's church. It's real. But, 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 but. Out of the abundance of my heart, my mouth will speak. Let's begin to speak truth that's going to come to your head. And then it's going to be a heavenly perspective over an earthly perspective, over a worldly perspective. Amen? Amen. What is the abundance? May his words be spilling out of us. May his love and hope and peace be in abundance in my heart because I'm diligently trying my very best to guard my heart so that everything I do is flowing out of the Holy Spirit, including the words that I speak. Amen. May this be our prayer, church. Psalm 1914. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. I'm going to say that again. The words of David. May the words of our heart, or may the words of our mouth, sorry, and the meditation 
of our hearts be pleasing to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. That connection, the words and our heart connected. Not just one, when you're guarding your heart, when you're letting the Holy Spirit work on you, when you're submitting and surrendering to him, repenting and coming to him, he is so ready to help, to guide the Holy Spirit, our helper, to help with this. You're not on your own. No man can tame this tongue. No man can tame this tongue, but God can. Amen? Amen? Would you stand up? I mean, I just want to pray over you. Kind of went a little long. And I just pray that this word, you would meditate on it this week. I pray that you would get into your Bible this week and read through James 3, 1 to 12. And let God speak to you. Let him show you areas in your heart that maybe you've allowed the opposite of what you want in there. Hopelessness, worry, distraction, despair. And ask him to fill your heart with the, his goodness so that what comes out will be truth and life. Life, not death. May we be people that speak life. Amen? Amen. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for this family that you have brought us all together, this family of Life Church, Lord God. Those that are online watching us today too, God, I thank you for every single one. Father, I pray that these words that we have read out of James would convict and call us higher, Father, and challenge us, but in the most gentle way, because that is your way. Not a way of guilt or shame or, oh my word, no, 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 no. A calling higher. You're right there with us, Holy Spirit. You're right with every single person, and you want us to be a people that are using our words to bring life to ourselves, to the people around us, and to the situations. Father, I pray that you would help us. Father, would you help us with our words? Would you help us? May the words of our mouths and the meditation of our heart be acceptable to you, O oh Lord. That is our prayer, Lord Jesus. We pray it right along with David. Father, we pray, we pray, we ask, would you be our helper, God? And may you challenge us this week, even, Lord Jesus, when we find ourselves in a situation or in a conversation. Father, would you give us the two, three seconds of time to stop and pause and think? And if it's right to hold our tongue, if it's right to speak, help us to be speaking truth and goodness and peace and a hope over people, over ourselves, over our situations, I pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this church. Father, I pray that every single person would um, be blessed as they go out, Father, this week, Father. May they meet with you. May they um, see you in their day-to-day, -day, Lord Jesus. May we be awake and aware to your presence in our lives today and this week. In Jesus' name, amen.